0: At LuckyLandslots.com.
2: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. And when I'm addressing college football fans, I'm addressing you today for sure, because I have an interesting guest on, Dr. Darren W. White of Sanford University. Um, he's the executive director for the, for the University Center for Sports Analytics Uh, He's a professor there, and he's chair of the Entrepreneurship Management and Marketing Department. Uh, He's also the founding coordinator of the Sports Marketing and Analytics Program in Sanford's Brock School of Business. Yeah, that's a lot of titles, but this guy deserves most of them, probably all of them. (laughs) He's probably laughing right now of me saying that. But uh, uh, what he and his group have put together is a poll of college football fans across the nation to determine, really, who has the most fans out there. And no surprise, you know, Ohio State may be number two to Alabama in the first uh, preseason poll of the year going into the 2022 season. Uh, They may be number two to Alabama in that poll, but they're number one in a poll of number of fans in the country, followed by Alabama, which I'm sure comes to no surprise to, like I said, those folks who uh, populate Buckeye Nation, probably the largest nation in the country now. I think you can probably brag on that. But he and I get into those numbers. Uh, why that's interesting, well, it's obviously it's interesting to you folks, but why it was interesting to him to kind of come up with those numbers. He grew up and is still a huge Alabama fan, but uh, he didn't let that skew um, his, his deciphering of the data. And then following that, I've got a, a nice conversation with a man that I've known for several decades. Uh, he's been working as, in essence, the high school liaison with high school coaches, Etc. For the Ohio State football program, uh, especially in the in the recruiting aspect of things, for the what the since 2015, Ed Terwilliger. uh, Before that, he was a high school coach uh, for 34 years and 35 years, including uh, the last 24 at Olentangy before taking that job with the Buckeyes in 2015. And he's continued, and he's got a lot of experience, uh, interest, some interesting stories. Uh, to tell about his time uh, growing up through the ranks as both a coach and then now uh, being behind the scenes with Ohio State, which has been a really intriguing kind of cap to his career. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Dr. Darren White of Sanford University on those, uh, in essence, stunning numbers. You'll see they, they get even more stunning as we go with some graphics involved also, not just where Ohio State stands in the nation, But where Ohio State stands in the Big Ten, uh, it's going to open some eyes. Uh, Without further ado, here's Dr. Darren White. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like I promised, I mean, this is a man who has become an expert on fandom, college football, college athletics, but mainly college football fandom across the United States. Uh, Dr. Darren White from Stanford University. Thanks for
2: joining the Tim May Podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Just can't wait to, can't wait to talk college football. Is there anything better to talk about than that, right? No,
1: there is not. There is (laughs) not, you know, and and then when you get the fan aspect of it into it, which is what really separates college football from any other sport in the world, you know, that's when it really gets cool. But I wanted to make sure people understand you've got uh, credentials here. You're the executive director for Samford university center for sports analytics and the Margaret gauge Bush, uh, well, my screen just went blank. It was so long. The murdered Gage Bush, distinguished <laughs> professor, and man, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast because, like I said, you're you didn't just throw these numbers out out into a, in front of a fan and picked up the pieces. You guys did research on this, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. We're uh, Stanford University. Yeah, we're we're the first university in the in the world to have a center dedicated to sports analytics specifically, uh, which is really cool. You know, data has become a huge thing in sports nowadays. Not only on not only on the money ball, you know, you know, coaching side of things, but also really on the business side of things. And and this data that we collected related to, to, to college fandom really kind of falls into that camp. And so, uh, so yeah, we do a lot of this kind of stuff. So.
1: Well, let's, without further ado though, let's get to the main reason I called you because uh, well, it's not the main reason because I would, I would have been interested, just as interested, maybe more so if Ohio state was number 10 on your list <laughs> of top 10 college fandoms uh, across the country. But, what did your, what did you and your colleagues, what, what did your findings reveal?
2: Yeah, so we uh, every year we do, uh, we we partner with a company called SBR Net, which is a marketing research firm, and we survey thousands of people across the country, and and really just to learn about their fandom across all sports. Um, and so year after year, though we've been doing this since 2017, we keep seeing every single year Ohio State keeps coming in year after year as the number one team in the nation in terms of number of fans. And yeah. this past uh, year we we did the survey back in January of 2022. Uh Ohio we, we were estimating that Ohio State was over 6 million total fans. Uh you know in the United States of America, which is again number 1. Uh number 2 was, was my team Alabama and uh but we're pretty pretty far distant number 2. You know, we were uh, about a million and a half ish uh behind Ohio State in terms of total fandom. And so that's uh so yeah, it's pretty pretty cool pretty cool data. What do you, by the way, I think if I remember correctly, uh,
1: also, you, you know, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan State, didn't, Michigan made that list also in your top seven, right? I mean, which is Big Ten teams, et, et cetera. The, oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the order they came in there. Do you remember? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, so Ohio State one, Alabama two, Penn State three, uh, then Notre Dame, and then Texas, then Michigan State. So that's one, two, three, four. Uh one, two, three, four, five. So, so Michigan State came in sixth. Yeah. Michigan was next, which is interesting. Michigan State was ahead of Michigan. Yes. And you had Georgia. And Georgia has really shot up a lot in the last few years. And then you had Florida State. That was your top 10 as of yeah, as of this year. So yep. Yeah. How much
1: in those numbers? Obviously, Big Ten, a lot of these Big Ten schools have gargantuan alumni bases. As yeah. Ohio State calls it, you know, they call it Buckeye Nation. Just right. Their alumni base, plus their fandom, but uh, how much? I mean, are were, are were you surprised by what the numbers told you about you know about Ohio State and Alabama, or how did or did that kind of correlate with what you probably figured it would be?
2: Yeah, it it you know you're right. The fact that the size of the alumni base is a lot, and then also where the team is located, and one of the things that Ohio State has going for them is the part of the country that Ohio State is in. Uh, you know, they're, I mean, like, for example, Alabama down here, there are so many teams that are nationally ranked year after year. So we kind of divide up the population down in the south, whereas Ohio State pretty much owns that part of the country other than in Michigan, Michigan State, but with the success that Ohio State has had over the last decade yeah. to 15, 20 years, uh, that's that. That's really what's driving so much of it. In fact, when you d- when you dive in the, the data a little deeper, what you'll see is that Ohio State performs extremely well with Generation Z, hmm. which is your that's your 25ish and under crowd. Wow. Uh, and if you think you think about why, because those are all people who, were, as they were growing up, Ohio State was just a household name. They were year after year in the playoffs and all that. And so you know w- within the Big Ten, particularly. Uh, you know, Ohio State owns Gen Z, which is great for the future, by the way. So yeah. that's that's what every brand out there, your Coca Colas, your your you know, you name it. They that's who they want, and Ohio State has that group right now for sure. So
1: and Alabama has a pretty good chunk of that too, right? I mean, the Gen Z, yeah,
2: they do yeah. because again, again, same thing. They're you're in, you're in, you're out. They're in the conversation, and so, um, yeah, you know, and so that's uh, so that's again, that's great news going forward for both of those teams.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know what? We were talking about a graphic you had that showed just uh, Big Ten fandom over the last several years. How it is, uh, how it you know showing the teams and how they've changed one way or the other. There you go. And kind of walk us through this real quickly. You show uh, Ohio State uh, just stands out for one of another term on yeah. this graphic, right?
2: Yeah. So you can see right here. Can you see my cursor yes. right there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you can see this is the the red bar is twenty seventeen. Uh, the orange is 2019 and blue is 2021 which as an Alabama fan I'm not sure why we put orange and blue next to each other but we just did oh well (laughs) I'm gonna gonna have to talk to my student about that but um, anyway uh, and so yeah so you can kind of see Ohio State has been up there near about six million fans total you know for the last six years or so but again as an upward slope in terms of our curve but if you look at you know, our Penn State for example we have a, a real decline if you look at Michigan has really had a decline I mean a yeah. significant you know decline there they were you know well over four million you know back in 20 uh 2017 but they're now down around three million so they've lost almost 25 percent of their fandom and and you know again one of the reasons is they just haven't been relevant you know within the national conversation and the the younger generation particularly likes to support a winner and that's uh, that's kind of how it is Wisconsin of course had a it didn't have the greatest year last year. That's part of that. Michigan State's again, had a nice little incline right there. Other interesting ones is Illinois uh, and Purdue, you know, has seen some pretty good success recently. And so that's starting to pay dividends. And so one of the things you can tell is there's definitely a correlation with the number of fans you have and how well you're doing. And so um, and so that's, that's a big part of it. Hey, throw that other graphic up there too, the one that's
1: really just jumps out at you about Ohio State and its largesse yes when it comes to the – especially its brethren in the Big Ten. It's just – that's just – you know, I think the colors really set it off. <laughs> but it's just it, – it it's kind of stunning when you see it in numbers, isn't it, or in graphic
2: form. Yeah. You're talking – let me see if I – I'll have to pull it up real quick. I think I accidentally closed it down. <laughs> that's all right, man. Yeah, I can get it really quickly here, though. But, yeah. Yeah, we do. And, by the way, if you want to – if if you guys are interested in this sort of data – uh, if you follow me on Twitter, we are p- constantly posting this kind of content. We've done this for, for all the Power 5 schools. Uh, we don't only do it for college football. We do it for NFL. So uh, check out you know, the Center for Sports Analytics. You can Google it and find it. Or you can find me on Twitter. I'm Sports SportsBizProf uh, on Twitter. But um, let me see if I can find that for you. But we're, Sports,
1: sports BizProf. Prof. Yeah, so B-I-Z-P-R-O-F.
2: Yeah, Yes, yeah, sports and then underscore biz underscore and then prof. P-R-O. Gotcha. And so you can follow We're we're constantly putting out this kind of fun, kind of fun data. But um, all right, here we go. I think I think I have found it. There it is. Fangraphs. All right. Go Big Ten. I think that was you're talking about the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're talking about that one. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Okay. This is, hey, so check this out. So, yeah, basically what this is showing us is that uh, if you take everybody in the country that supports a uh, a Big Ten team, one yes. of the big teams, uh, twenty three, so roughly one out of every four fans that is a fan of a Big Ten team is a fan of Ohio State, which is just again dominant. You know, I mean, there's not another conference that has a team that is that top heavy within the conference. Not so, even, not even the SEC. No, I mean, because because again, in the SEC, we have you know you've got I mean, Alabama has a really strong fan base, but so does Georgia, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and so does so does Tennessee, and so you know, Alabama is dominant, but not that dominant, you gotcha. know, in the conference, and so uh, so yeah, so you see Penn State right there, at fifteen percent. So again, there there's your number. So they're right at four million fans as compared to six point two seven. So that's over two million more fans that are Ohio State fans versus Penn State. Uh, there's your Michigan State. There's your Michigan, and then kind of on down the line. And then you got your your poor Northwestern with only four hundred thousand fans. <laughs> it is but, what it is. But it yeah, is you what know, it is. Right there, you go. But you
1: can I can I ask you this though? Uh, yeah, did, did he those did he, those Ohio State numbers? Do they were they stunning to you when y'all when y'all kind of got into it, or yeah, did you sort of expect it to be there? Because you know Michigan's always yeah. been known basically as having this brand about right. it, you know. Yeah, and uh, and I think if this. If this had been done maybe back in the, the 70s or 80s, it might have been a right. lot different. But well, I don't right. know. Just what, were you stunned
2: a little bit by the, the
1: the the Ohio State
2: numbers? Yeah, a little bit. And mainly because you hear, you know, what, what number one, it's extremely hard to get a feel for the size of the fan base. That's a difficult number to get at. Yeah. And so one of the ways that people try to estimate that is based on licensed merchandise sales. And so, you know, people look at it like, well, how many Michigan shirts were sold versus whatever? Well, again, I don't know how much you want to go into it, but most of your, univer- your big schools, uh, the licensing rights are through a company called Learfield, uh, which is a company out of Atlanta. Their senior vice president license is actually on my board. I know them very well. Uh, and so Michigan you know, and, and Alabama and all these schools, they are part of Learfield. Well, Ohio State actually does all that in-house. So they're one of the few schools in the country that actually runs more like a pro franchise because yeah. pro teams keep all of that stuff. Like most of the revenue generating functions in a in a pro sports organization are actually done in-house. College not so much. Most of it's outsourced. And so this is an example. But Ohio State on the other hand, they actually do it in-house. So a lot of those numbers we don't actually get to see in the public. So that may be one reason why there's this this feeling that Michigan is just so dominant because we really don't get those sorts of numbers for Ohio State because so much of that is is done in house. So, gotcha. I, I don't gotcha. know that l- long way around to answer your question.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, th- I didn't even, I didn't even, you know, I like to present, you know, when I got a guy like you, and I like to let you know kind of like where I'm coming from uh, beforehand and give you a few questions, et cetera. But I wanted to ask you this out of left field a little bit. You know, you saw where the Big Ten has added USC and UCLA starting in uh, a couple of seasons. Uh, what does that, you know, if you if you even like run that through your head cuz your head's always working i'm sure it's a computer that never shuts down is that what what does that mean to the big 10 do you think down the road from a just a footprint standpoint and what does it how does it enhance ohio state's footprint do you
2: think yeah oh it's huge because it's all about it's the world of sports is all about eyeballs I mean, that's what it all boils down to. It boils yeah. down to how many eyeballs are watching your team and watching your sport. So, so revenue generation is a function of eyeballs, and that's as basic as it gets, right? Yes. And so the more eyeballs we can get on our sport and on our team, the better. The more revenue we're going to generate, the more the, the, that will then translate to success on the field. And, again, that's true globally. That's true. That's not just college football, right? And so uh, so the fact that now Ohio State will be playing – games year after year after year and be you'll have the the California market particularly the LA market you know tuning in wanting to watch have a reason to watch you'll you know if Ohio State continues to have the kind of success they've had over the last 10 or 15 years you're going to end up finding five six seven eight nine years down the line a lot of the new generation even in California will be pulling for Ohio State and yeah. that's, uh, that's that's kind of what happens and
1: yeah so, and it, it's, it's quite impressive how many just Ohio State alumni live in the Southern California area it's yeah. a huge, huge number, you know, like uh, 25,000, 28,000 and stuff. Yeah. I want to ask you this, though, with with the Southeastern Conference adding Oklahoma and Texas, basically the two brand names uh, from the Big 12, what do you think about these two conferences now that are going to be going head-to-head, so to speak, for national championships, but also for viewers and stuff? Uh, do you, From your data, does it look like they've positioned themselves very well for the
2: future? Yeah, you know, absolutely. No doubt about it. And again, we're, you know, we live in the heart of SEC land, you know, here in Birmingham. Uh, I think I, I mentioned to you, we were, we were talking earlier. I mean, for the longest time, my next door neighbor was the commissioner of the SEC. Yes. <laughs> Mike's live and he was a good friend of ours. He actually helped us quite a bit with the launching of our program at Sanford and uh, many times came out and spoke on campus. So he's a good friend of mine. So we're We're all about SEC football here in Birmingham, but there's no doubt that the SEC and the big 10 have sort of positioned themselves as the, you know, if you think way back to the AFC and the NFC and the NFL days, yes, this is kind of what you're seeing this sort of moving in that direction, particularly with NIL and how NIL is changing everything. I mean, absolutely everything. And so uh, no doubt that these are the two conferences that are setting themselves up to be the dominant, you know, they are basically college football going forward. I mean, they really are. And, Uh, I mean, ten years from now, it'll be very interesting to see if we even still have a. Uh, well, I don't think we'll have a big five any longer. You know, we'll have a big two, <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> and then and then there's everybody else. Yeah. And so, uh, so no doubt that they're you know they're because again at the end of the day, if you think about it, it, it if it's all about eyeballs, and yeah, uh, you know, and so the more eyeballs you got, the more revenue you got. Well, the more revenue you got, the more nil money you can you can spend on on your team and on your players. So it just makes sense that down yeah you know, as this thing plays out. That's kind of where this is all going to go. And it's not just NIL money. It's also sponsorship revenue. It's also, it's all the revenue streams. The meteorite dollars are going to be much bigger for those two conferences versus others. So, you know, it's just much, many, many millions of dollars more flowing into those conferences long term compared to to others. And that's, that's what it boils down to.
1: Yeah. It's like getting bigger tributaries to serve your big river you know it's like uh, uh and by the way uh Mike live i mean it's just so cool you're your next door neighbor you know right down you know and then tell everybody you know as you told me you know you're, you know, i think your first uh teaching gig yeah. at alabama after you got your degrees and stuff you had a youngster excuse me yeah. a real go getter uh yeah. walk-on football player uh yeah. in one of your classes there and his name was
2: yeah, yeah. His name was. Well, and again, I, I, yeah, I was teaching. I was really young. It was my first class ever as a marketing class. I was teaching, and he sat on the back row. And I just, yeah. You know, every time I'd go to the game, I'd look to see if, uh, if we would, if we could find him and or whatever. And uh, he never played. I mean, he never. He was a walk on, all that. But anyway, I remember it because he had a really strange name. His first name was Dabo. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I tell everybody. I literally I tell everybody like, you know, Dabo's like a, is a. He's an incredible recruiter. It's like I taught him all the marketing he, he knows. So bingo hey by the way did he show up for class every day let's get the uh, oh yeah no he was a great he was a great student a super young man and i was yeah. a young he was like literally like two years younger than me I like, think. Yeah, exactly that's great sit down and shut up kid uh yeah, yeah he was of course you know he grew up here in birmingham he's from right? uh, i don't know if you know his story but uh you know he had a he had a pretty rough rough go of it growing up yes. with his uh, with his mom and, and and all that but no he's a just a fantastic human being i mean unbelievable and he he comes back to Birmingham pretty often, actually. But, yeah. but yeah, that that's really that's really a fun. I'll I'll tell you one other fun story. When I moved into the house I'm in right now, I did not know that Mike Slive was my next door neighbor. I had no idea. Uh, and so that night, the first night we got in here, uh, someone knocked on my door, and I opened the door, and there's the Commissioner of the SEC standing in my door with his wife Liz holding a plate of chocolate chip cookies, homemade, wow. and and Mike was wearing his pajama bottom pants with little SEC logos on them. And and I'm looking at him going, and he says, "Welcome to the neighborhood. I'm your next door neighbor." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> I'm like, You're the commissioner of the SEC?" Wow, what <laughs> a no, neighborhood! And it's, he it's, he's a, he was just an amazing human being, absolutely yeah. the nicest person you've ever met. I mean, so unassuming. I mean, he did so much to help us. I mean, just a just a great, great guy. So, hey, so. Dr. right? I want to ask one last thing before we get out of here. I like I like calling when you got it when you got degrees like
1: you've got. You got to give you some cred, you know. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to ask you about this. When you look at these numbers, uh and you look at where the things are going from the SEC and the Big Ten realm, how much pressure do these numbers put on those head coaches? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, because like you just said the graph of the Big Ten, it kind of slides, whatever, based on success, really. I'm um, I'm sure it's you know, we you know, you're you're a long time Alabama fan. I grew up going to Alabama games for, you know, uh I, I went to uh Alabama Anonymous and kind of got some of that out of me. (laughs) Hey, hey. but, uh, but no, but the bottom line is Alabama's not always been up there, you know, in between Bear and Gene Stallings, between Gene Stallings and uh, Nick Saban, you know, there were some dips and stuff, but how much pressure can you you almost see the pressure through those numbers on like a Ryan Day and a Nick Saban?
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, college football is becoming more and more like pro sports for sure and you know how it is in pro sports. I mean, their coaches. Uh, I think the average NFL coach. I saw. I was just looking at this the other day. The average tenure of an NFL coach is like three point two years or something yeah. like that. You know, and uh, and then there are even leagues like in Europe, for example. It you know, you'll have a coach come in and last ten games, yeah, <laughs> and then they'll fire because because you absolutely have to continue to win ball games, and it's just crucial if you're going to continue to draw the fans, which ultimately is tied to revenue and and that's uh and again it, sports wasn't always this way right i mean it right. used to it this way but but it is how it is now and it's the way it's going to be it, it's it is a business uh it's about revenue and, and that's just it is how it is and so which is by the way while we started our program in sports business in, in the, the business school at sanford we were the very first business school in the south to have a program in sports marketing we started it back 10 years ago and, uh, and so, and you're seeing more and more business schools even starting programs like ours, because if you want to work in sports, be it college sports, pro sports, you need to have a business background because it, it is about revenue generation. And so,
1: yeah. I mean, in your lifetime, you've seen sports go literally, and I have too, yeah. from being this thing to root for and stuff and a cool, th- you know, cool thing to be a part of to an industry. I mean, it is an industry as As much as
2: almost any other industry yeah. across the across the world now, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean like, like yeah. that's my that's the textbook that I, that I use in my class, and I'm about to start teaching. So we we have uh, Sanford. We've got uh, not only do we have an undergrad program in sport business, we also have an MBA. We have uh, we're the first school in the in the South outside the state of Florida with a sport business MBA. So. It's um, it is. I mean, that's just how the industry is. It, it, just kind of a fun background. The very first business school to start a program like this was the University of Oregon back in 1999 with uh, with Nike money. Phil Knight. Uh, but uh, and, and and again, one other little fun, fun note. Um, Rich McKay, the president of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, he's actually on our advisory board. So I, I know Rich. And I, I was actually talking with him a few years ago. And I was like, how did we get here? How did we get to where we are now? And. Uh, according to Rich, he, he thinks a lot of it goes back to Jerry Jones and the Cowboys in the sense that Jerry Jones was really the first first NFL owner or first pro sport owner, period, to kind of show the power of the brand, the ability to drive tremendous revenue outside of just gate revenue, right? Yeah. And, and Jerry Jones did that, and when he did it, it started putting pressure on all your other NFL teams. Because back in the day, in fact, Rich used to say this, back when he was uh, at uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks he said they would get 85% of their revenue would come from the NFL just from media rights dollars. Yeah. You know, and now nowadays most NFL teams generate the vast majority of their in- income, you know, is, is done internally. So that then spread across all sports and now even into college sports. And so it's, it's pretty amazing how this industry's changed in the last 20 years, honestly.
1: Absolutely.
2: Hey, the players are even get to even get
1: to even getting to get a little bit of money now uh, above the table, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew, you knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. You knew that was uh, eventually going to happen. So that's uh but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fun industry to be in though. And if, so if you're a you're a high school student out there and you're trying to figure out what, uh, what to go study, I mean, you ought to, you ought to look for a, a school somewhere that's got a sport business MBA or a sport business undergrad program. Cause it's a fun industry to work in. I mean, it really is. It's a, uh, there's no industry like it. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you can go work at Regions bank, and, you know, it was just, you know, you make a lot of money. Yeah. But if you work for a pro sports team or a college, you get to, you get to be part of the team. So even if you're, even if you're selling tickets or an accountant or whatever, I mean, like the Braves, for example, we have a mentorship partnership with the Braves. Every one of those executives has a world series ring. Every one of them feel like they won the world series. Yes. <laughs> so, Dr. Darren White. I appreciate you joining me, my man. Yeah. Our time's running out,
1: but I'm going to have you on again. I mean, many times, cause I've really enjoyed this conversation.
2: Yep, sounds good. I appreciate it. And again, check check out on Twitter if you want to see some of this data. I'll be posting it out there for you.
1: Well, I appreciate Professor White coming on with me. We're going to get together a few few more times down the road because you know the more you crunch the numbers, the more crunching you want to do. And um, as, as we pointed out there near the end, you know, sports has gone from like being something you cheer for to being a major industry, not just in the United States, but around the world, but especially when it comes to major college football and of course the NFL, which dwarfs every other, every other, every other aspect of the industry out there. So let's move on to my conversation with Ed Terwilliger. Like I said, he and I have known each other for several decades um, in part, because he used to run the Ohio high school uh, football coaches association uh, all-star game, which I covered for many years when I was at the Columbus Dispatch, and I've always found him to being an engaging, affable man, and you'll see what I'm talking about as we get into our conversation. Without further ado, here's Ed Terwilliger. Ed Terwilliger, welcome to the Tim May Podcast, <laughs> man, a long time um, trying to make this happen, and we finally hooked up. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a pleasure. I know
0: uh, it's different to go back and think about, you know, 30 years ago and, Everybody, all of us starting out here in Central Ohio doing our thing with, you know, high school football and everything you, you you know, you did with the dispatch and everything. So it's, 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 it's it's an honor to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's pretty much a.
1: Well, you know, I don't want to really talk about that much, that much, that stuff as much as I want to talk about, you know, your role with Ohio State, how you got into this and stuff. Because we're in the bowels of the Ohio State coaching staff uh, uh, meeting room areas. And, uh, but, you know, you were the uh, educator of the year in the Olin <laughs> School District back in 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah. You had a way of getting your point across, correct? Well, uh, I I think the
0: one thing, longevity helps, uh, surrounding yourself with great people. And I think uh, if you look at the people that have worked with me, and I don't like to use the term under me, but were assistant coaches. I mean, the Steve Hales, the Zev Schroeders, the Tim Dows, the daughter, I mean, all those guys were assistants for me, so... I think the same thing uh, goes in the classroom. Uh, I had one philosophy uh, when I – the last thing I told any of the guys that I hired was that I felt like I don't want my kid to have a bad teacher, and in the tangy School District there's no reason to have a bad teacher, so I don't want any other kid to have one. So you got to do your job in the classroom first if you want to be able to, to be a football coach here.
1: Yeah, a lot of people aspire to that, but tend to be recognized for it. Had to be a thrill, right? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Had to be as good yeah. a, as big an award you've ever won. Uh, I would uh, think. Yeah, without a doubt. No, you know,
0: other than having your kids born, you know, that's 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 probably, you know, right there with it. So I, I can't lie. And they knew before I did too. So that, would, that that made it even you know better when they all knew. But Showed up yeah. at the <laughs> ceremony.
1: Well, let's jump into that. I mean, you know, uh, you were an established, really well respected. High school football coach in Central Ohio and stuff. Uh, you, you produced, helped produce Joshua Perry. Yeah. You you did, you know, you right. were the only yeah. one responsible, yeah. uh, so to speak. His mom and dad had a little bit yeah. to do with that. Yeah. But uh, but when you got a chance, uh, an offer from Ohio State to come and just be well, part I, of the mix here in whatever form or fashion, uh, how, how did that strike you? I guess.
0: Well, I think a lot of things fell into place. Uh, you know, timing's everything. I was fortunate enough to to be where I was at for a, a long period of time with a lot of great people. And we had a lot of good players and, you know, we had, most people don't realize we had over a hundred players in my career go to play college football on Tangy. So, you know, Joshua, obviously everybody knows, and he's still making a name for himself in in your industry. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, you know, we had five kids to go to the league, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty good. So, you know, you got some pretty good players and, you know, Kenny Onaniki and Josh. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just some really good people. And Zach Karen's a kid that most people don't know about. He's probably had the most – he played like five years in the league, you know. So, it, yeah. uh, it, it was it was all good. Uh, but timing, uh, I felt like the program was at a, a good position. I think everybody that goes into it say they'd like to leave it better than when they found it. I, I don't know how bad it was when I found it, so it was not a big deal. We just – I just felt like at that point we had great numbers – we had a full staff of educators, and uh, we had just come off a, I think a regional playoff loss to, to Hilliard Davidson, you know, and uh, and I th- I just felt like at that point it was it was time. Uh, uh, I didn't want to be the guy to hang on, and I wanted everybody to say, you know, you, respect. I think is is a big word you use, and and uh, I, the other thing that got me is I actually got had been offered a couple positions. Not at Ohio State, but with other universities, you know, you got to know a lot of the coaches. And so I started thinking about what I wanted to do to life after being a head coach of football. Uh, Recruiting was always important to me. And I didn't care whether it was going to be a a junior college kids that went to California or Joshua who ended up at Ohio State. uh, Really because I would not be here if it wasn't for my head football coach in in high school. I'm a Nelson York graduate, Dave Boston is a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, you know, back in our day, you know, it wasn't like recruiting is now, and you had to try to find you know a niche, and and I had no idea. I mean, first person my family ever go to college, so you know he he got me where I was at, and and it, it, that was allowed me to be, end up be becoming a teacher in a high school football. Yeah, where'd you end up going to college? OU. OU. I was a, yeah. high, the the high university. The Ohio in, University, you no, know, not yeah. not the yeah. o, OU out in Norman. So yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, it it was great, and those – those things always plan to. It would be remiss for me not to to let everybody know. You know, Dave Boston was a Hall of Fame coach. I right? Ed Bola and Paul Culver, the two guys I started with, they're both in the Hall of Fame at I in I high school, and uh, and Vern Long at Westlake and Tom McDonald. So every, you know, everybody that I was under yeah. was a phenomenal coach. All different. Uh, you learned everything in a different manner, and then basically when I got my opportunity, uh, I wanted to. Take what I felt were all the positive things that they incorporated, and then of course, put my own niche to some of the things. I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to do that, right? Yeah. You know, because yeah, sure. I'm not that sure, you know, that kind of person. So, yeah. but then when I got there, I, I also was one of those dummies that said, uh, Don't complain about a problem, jump in and try to fix it. So, I got involved with the Ohio High School Coaches Association. So I was an officer for sixteen years, and that through those sixteen years, I ended up becoming into the presidency, which is a four year. And I always joke. I said, Coach Meyer hired me. He really didn't want me. He really wanted my cell phone. You know, yes. with seven hundred and sixteen yeah. high school football coaches' cell yeah. numbers in it. That just in the state of Ohio. Method to the madness. Exactly. Is what you're so yeah.
1: he, you know the psychology part of it. But him, so. but that says something about what Urban thought about recruiting, right? I mean, uh, I mean, they asked. I mean, what he thought about. Oh. Making those links, etc. Well, I
0: think hey. recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. You know, that's, yeah, that's the name of the game. You know, yeah. you know. We all know that the better players you have, the better coach you are, and that's that's you know. And then then the better players, the better coach, the better program. The yeah. better program, the better. You know, you just you multiply it, but it all starts with who you bring into your locker room and the culture within your locker
1: room. And let's just get into this real quick. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you brought in and. Uh Ohio State, and are are you wondering what really your role was going to be, or was it kind of defined once you when no. you know when you got it? Uh, it was a process, and, and quite honestly, I uh, I think Mark
0: Pantone, I, I I owe a great deal to because Mark, Mark was instrumental in, uh, you know, I came in here uh, with the idea. It's like, look, whatever, what can I do, you know, what, you know, I don't know. I'm not a college coach. I'm not a college X and O guy. Yeah. Uh, I think I understand high school recruiting, and I understand parents because, you know, that was that's always something you have to deal with, in, you know, as as a high school coach. And, yeah. And and my philosophy is always I'll, I want to be dealing with the parents. I don't shun them, put a brick wall up, and do everything like that. Be honest and upfront, and let them know where they, where they're going to be, and uh, and I think Mark just kind of sat back and I, I ran, I, I did a lot of dumb stuff. I mean, I ran around and checked. I looked at grades, checked classes, talked to kids, got to know I'm good I mean, I, I just, I was just trying to absorb the, you know, be the sponge to absorb the knowledge of what was going on and, and then get a feel and for how it. best you could have. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, hey look, you need another body to show people, okay, I mean, I'm here. You yeah. Know, it's like, And yeah. and I think at that point one day, you know, Mark Mark brought me in and, 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 and Coach, he said, Coach Meyer wants to talk to you. And so it, I would be remiss to not think that Mark and, – and still to this day, he keeps elevating everything here within this department, you know. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, because people look at it and say, you know, a lot of people say, what's your title? And I said well, you know, titles are, you know, whatever thing. But, you know, my title is Director of High School Relations for Football slash (laughs) slash you know and and then it's slash 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 which is okay because you know I think there's some things that I'm okay at which is my personality and then there's other things that the young guys come in and are good at but you know Mark's taking this we're more like uh, I would say we're more like an NFL general manager type situation with him and director you know with our new people with director of uh, recruiting director of creative recruiting uh, are guys that are recruiting assistants, and then my title, and you know, there's lots of lots of hats that get worn by everybody. But I will tell you this: one thing, all the hats go off when when the, when the recruits walk in the building. Everything else drops. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I think. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, it's like. Uh, I don't know, what did you learn immediately about this place once you were on the inside? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As a high school coach, yeah, you could come and visit. You could, you know, right. Josh right. Perry was getting recruited. Oh, yeah. You could be around. But what was it that you learned about just the Ohio State football program from the inside without giving away secrets? that's not. No, it's not, I don't know, thank, it's not a, a secret. Take care of detail. Yeah. yeah. very. De- take care of detail. Which matched I mean, what you were all about to begin with, right? Well, hopefully. And yeah. even then I
0: got, you know, you, you became more – obsessed with it you know yeah uh, you know my probably the i'm, I'm much better at picking a phone up and calling to talk to mom and dad than i am and texting and you know all the social media stuff and things like that uh, so i think you got to play to your strengths yeah and, and and that was the one thing um is uh, a little bit different than the others you know a lot of guys were doing using technology and recruiting and everything but eventually as you want to somebody's gonna walk through the door yeah and when they walk through the door, I, you know, that's that's game on. Yeah. And and, and I I I
1: am not gonna lie, I like that. You know, I like that part. And it, and that's what's has got me about you guys from a recruiting standpoint. I'm talking about you guys, Ohio yeah. State uh, under Mark Pantone, especially. Uh, these coaches, when they walk in the door, like the assistant coach, when they walk in the door, they're loaded right with, with information. They're, it's, I mean, that takes a lot of work, yeah. right? To to compile things to where you can talk almost personally with somebody as opposed to getting to know them, Correct. if you understand what I'm saying. Correct. In other words, you already know this guy walking in. Right. Your big deal is for them to get to know you. I'm talking about the coaches and cetera. But a lot of you guys in the support area of the recruiting aspect, y'all are involved in that, right? I well, mean, that's what that's what we all do. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably the biggest change
0: is, you know, in our age group, you know, we could go all the way back to VCRs, you know, DVDs. Oh, yeah. You know, the whole bit and everything. Now – the information overload is out there all over the place, but you know, Coach Day is, Coach Day is a phenomenal manager, all right? He know he he has a plan. He knows what his plan is, and you know he lets everybody know exactly what that is and what what your expectations are. Yeah, and and once again. Uh, you know, I know a lot of, the, a lot of coaches want to X and O and draw. And, I mean, I used to have guys on my staff like that. And I'm like, you know, you guys can go draw all you want. I said, I worry about whether he's going to pass science and be eligible. Yeah. All right. And, and, and Coach Day's like, that. You know, recruiting is it. You know, you have you have to recruit your, your position and your area and, and make sure that you're involved with everybody.
1: How glad are you that you made this move, meaning – you know, you could go through your life, you know, wondering about things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? About yeah. how does it really work? I mean, you think you know, but do you really know? You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, how, I guess, thankful are you that, that, as you look back on it, that you made this move that many years ago? Uh, yeah, I'm very
0: blessed, you know. Uh, and I, I think that I want to pay forward. And I think that's something that I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be able to do is make sure that, you know, what I do... Is going whether you know I'm here one year, two years, whatever, you know that the players that come through the door, and the parents that come in here, you had something to do with getting good people in and keeping the, and keeping it. You want to be better, and you want to be successful and in, in in the team mode. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because, and it's not a you know, you you just don't want to be about me. It's it's, it's not about me. And yeah. I, but as far as uh, being fortunate enough to. Be in a position. Uh, and I think a lot of times, there's a lot of people along the way that helps you. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have been here if someone would have said, hey, Ed, you need to get involved with the Coach Association. And then once I was involved with the coaches Association, it's like, hey, you need to do this. You know, I, I, I ran the North-South game. So, I, yeah. you know, I, I did different things uh, politically. And in doing so, you got to meet so many people outside the area. The other thing most people realize is how fortunate I was to be in the OCC. You know, I you know when when I started all in Tangie, I mean, you know, we were a little BAC team playing out in Licking County all the time, and you know we got to move into the into the OCC, which is what we wanted because we knew we were going to grow, and and I wanted it too. I just I just didn't expect to be a Division Three school. that got thrown in with Arlington and Davidson and Reynoldsburg and. You know, you, you went the big from, boys. you went from playing you know uh, a few teams over in Licking County that are your size because they're great foot. I mean, Randy Boffin has a good program, anybody at Licking Valley, yeah. but yeah, yeah. but uh, but then all of a sudden you got seven D one schools on you know with two platoon staffs and yeah, <laughs> and you went, okay yeah here we go <laughs> yeah it's just, you know you know win enough to keep your job that's it well,
1: what is what is something from your from your high school football coaching background yeah. That you apply, you think every day at, in your work here, in this support staff of the recruiting juggernaut that is Ohio State. If there's
0: anything that I bring to the table, because I'm not going to even touch, I'm not going to touch the technology part and the way that the world. If there's anything, it's the fact that as a high school teacher, I'm teach teacher coach, I dealt with parents. You know, so and and, yeah. a, and in my field, I dealt with a lot of parents that had been beaten up since elementary school, and by the time they got to high school, they were just so communicating with adults and the parents because the kids don't know the questions to ask. Because that, that's one of the things I'll get every once in a while. You know, to, you know, you've you've got a a family, and there's a there's a sixteen year old kid sitting there that he might look like he's twenty and. And everything, and and then I'm like, well, do you have any questions? And the parents are like, well, I'm like, no. First of all, he doesn't know the questions. Yeah, yeah. You you know, it's it's okay for you to ask the questions because he's not old enough to know or understand. All he cares about is the bling in the hallway, you know, the photo shoot, whatever you want to say. But, and and so I think if there's anything I bring to the table, it's 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 being able to hopefully walk up to someone, introduce myself, make you feel comfortable to talk with me. And then pass that along to the next person, whether it's a position coach, another recruit, recruiting uh, assistant, or something like that. Yeah. I think that that's probably one of my strengths, if there is one, is to be able to deal
1: with people like that verbally. That was the Woody Hayes uh, secret, too, when the parents oh. – you know what I mean? And the, the kids got to go with the – you know, yeah. my, my,
0: my senior parents laughed every year in my spring speech because they all knew they, they were, were going to hear, listen – I know that every dad in there can do you know, more football than I do and they can grill better than I can.
1: Their third down calls are so, so on but, point. You power. know what? Yeah.
0: But as long as all you moms are happy, I'm happy because, yeah. all, you know, you're going to control us, so you know. Uh, but
1: that's just the way it is. Do you feel like that you're in the midst of one of the great programs mm. ever? I mean, when you look at college football right now, right, I mean, and and what a great
0: time to be yeah.
1: start in it,
0: and now towards going, right. You know, first of all, Gene Smith had a great vision, and put himself where he knew he could be in that vision, and and for us to know, you know, the the changing of the conferences, the NIL stuff, and, and where football is going. But when you talk about a great, we were talking the other day with people, and they're like, well, you know, we know what we know. We're supposed to win every game. Brian yeah. Day's Brian Day is awesome by the he never denies it. Our players know it. It's out, it's on the table. Nothing's transparent here, right? Yes. So, you know, we go what, you know, four years ago we you know, we know we're supposed to be team up north, win the conference and win the national championship. So it's like, you know, what, four years ago we beat team up north, win the conference, go out, win the Rose Bowl, come back, uh, oh, you guys are twelve and one. Yeah. You know, then next year you beat team up north, win the conference you know, go out to the Cotton Bowl, beat USC in the Cotton Bowl, you come back, oh, you guys are 12-1. Okay, next year, okay, now we, we beat Team Up North to win the conference, get it in the Final Four, beat Clemson, uh, we lost the National Championship. Yeah. Not, not a bad year. Not but a bad year, year you know, by any stretch. Yeah, but, you know, and then you do that again the next year. and that is, The expectations are are there. That's and we know yeah. that. It's, it's, it's a tremendous program. It's, there's very few programs in the country right now that can legitimately say they have a, a real shot at being in the Final Four, hopefully soon to be the 8 or 12 or whatever it's going to be because it's going to have to change with yeah. the way the conferences are changing, which will allow better games for across the country. But, you know, obviously, you know, how does Nick Saban wake up every day and you, everybody tells him you're, you know, this and this and this. And, you know, and I was fortunate, I've, I actually got to know, you know, Nick, when – you know, I worked his camp when he was at Michigan State and, you know, there's just different – some of the guys that were with him and all that and, you know, but even driving in this morning, guess what was on the radio? It was the national, you know, how good is Bama? Yeah. And, and, then, and then, then there's everybody the else. One, they, yeah. You know, because they were talking about the Heisman. You, know, you know that until – what was it? It was – he got there, what was it? Mark Ingram. Ingram, first
1: part. Yeah. No one had won the Heisman Trophy at Bama until Ingram. I grew up an Alabama fan. And now, and now they've won five. I grew up an Alabama fan. I yeah. think it's quite fitting that yeah. the, uh, you know, Joe Namath, I watched What's him you? play on two good knees oh. uh, uh, when my dad took me in.
0: One of my best players ever, I love you. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. And, uh, but the bottom line is I thought it was fitting that – Finally, the first Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama was an African American man. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it took so long for, for, him to get there. for an African American even to get to play football at Alabama right. in the early 1970s. So, yeah, yeah it's a ride. But, but what, what Nick Saban has done is you know,
2: elevated it.
0: But
1: we talk about pressure, but, you know, for
0: him, what you, know, you think about it because they said, you know, half, the, half since the BCS, half the national championship gone there, you know, but back to that elite status. You know, uh, you know Dabo obviously has done it, won a couple conference, you know, won a couple national championships, and you know, uh, you know it was what Luke did last year was you know phenomenal because you know now now Cincinnati is Cincinnati, you know, yeah, they're, they're not going to go away, yeah, you know,
1: that's I like not you said happen. that Cincinnati is Cincinnati, yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to go away, but Chile's going to stay chilly. There you go. You also, know,
0: by the way, you know the head strength coach is Cincinnati. Who is Brady Collins? Oh yeah, yeah co- he was yeah, you know, he was yeah. an tangy Tangi uh, captain with my son Andrew, who's the DFO at Toledo. Exactly. You know, yeah. So, you know the tentacles. Yeah, those. Yeah, they, you know what those guys do? They text each other all the time. Bat, you know, they're like, you know. Yeah. So
1: it's, we're doing this. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask you. You know, as much as you're involved in day to day here and during the season, you know, we see you around a lot when we're allowed around. Yeah. But, uh, but. But literally, you know, this group here that you're associated with, you're you're already trying to build win games in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the recruiting that's what gets me and I don't think most people understand it, it literally never stops. No. Jim Trussell had that great line, you know, that uh, recruiting is like shaving. You miss one day and you look like a bum. Yep. You know, I, you know. Obviously I, have, I have a beard. But my point know. is that how how do y'all keep up that relentless effort? I mean well,
0: what is I, the secret? But once again it starts with Ryan. You know, as soon as you start to, you know, become decompressed or whatever, it's like boom, you know, he, he something he brings something to the table that you yeah. you want to step. And I think you wanna you, you wanna be successful. you want to make him successful. You know, I want Mark Pantoni to be successful. I mean, I don't care what anybody says, you know, yeah, you know the, as soon as Mark sees a, a law that everybody's tired, the drain of the month of June, you know, boom, you know, he comes in and, and and you get fired up again. It's like, look, we, you know, he knows when to push the button for you not to, yeah, coast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's not what we're yeah. about. Yeah. You know, you know we, we you go hard until the end and, you know, then, and, and I think you know, the more you surround yourself with people that want to be like that and, uh, Gosh knows, I don't want to be the guy that slow, slows everybody down, you know. Yeah, exactly. You
1: know, but from the outside looking in, and then you get here, is it more intense than you thought it was from the outside looking in? Because, yeah. you know, programs like Ohio State and Alabama, yeah. you know, there's only a few now. I'm not going to name that other program because right. they don't make it look easy anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. But they almost make it look easy, oh. too easy, when in fact you know it's not. It's... You know, it's like there's one thing about climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. It's another thing well, about living on Mount you Everest. You lived in a state
0: that, you know, oh, exactly. a, lot, a lot of guys didn't. Alabama a lot of, Texas. A lot, of guys wanted,
1: a lot of guys wanted to get rid of the
0: yeah. guy over in Texas. that yeah. uh, Probably about five years
1: after, we wish they had never done that. Exactly. You know, But that's my point. It, you but, know, it's easy, but, it's easy to go like that. But, but, but the intensity is ridiculous. Yeah, it? I mean, so uh, they, you know, uh, and like we were talking about it a while ago, how, did, how does it, like every day, does Ryan keep things on a pretty much an even keel. I mean, how would you explain? Well, th- even th- kills not the right term.
0: I th- I th- and he reads the room. Yeah. No, he's very he's, he's a very astute, very astute at knowing, you know, when to push buttons and what to do and everything. But the, the probably like any, you know, great you know, he, you know, he lays out the game plan. You yeah. know where you stand. Yeah. You know, do your job. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's that's nothing that, you know, whatever your job is, just do it. Do it the yeah. best you can. Be the best, you know. Slackers aren't
1: know we There are no you, slackers. No, no.
0: You fight to be the best you can every day, the best of yourself. And that that's something that's ingrained in us, I think, you know. Yeah. You know, Ed, Ed Twilliger, you know, I, I know there's certain things I can't do, but some things I need to do, i got to fight to be, i got to do it as well as I can, you yeah. know. And that's, that's the same whether it's, you know, a position coach or, a, you know, and it's everyone here, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and I think that's something that you know the 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 ability to be successful go with the demands of what you know you a, you you build a foundation and you keep going up you know yeah. you put in a poor foundation love our locker room love our culture um, you know I, I know people hear those terms and they think oh yeah right and everything but it's it's, it's real you know it's real last yeah. thing
1: yeah uh, current class accepted, you know, while y'all are going after the 2023 class right and now. 24s. Yeah, and 24s. But yeah, and 25s. Yeah, you know, yeah. people keeping up. Uh, catch up if yeah. you want to keep up. Uh, give me, you know, from, from the inside, give me a player over the last four years, recruiting-wise, five years, mm-hmm. since you've been around especially, uh, that when y'all got that yes, when y'all got that oh. affirmative, what... Give me, give me when it. I mean, where it was definitely a celebration. Nah, you know what? That's a.
0: I don't think that's fair, to put that on one person, because I'll be honest with you. A lot of you know. A lot of times we got a, a three star, or yeah. another guy that that you were just as excited as you know. Yeah. As as getting, you know, Dylan in the
1: the twenty four class is what I, you know or anything. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think you know. It's not a fair comparison.
1: Yeah. Sometimes and getting that three or four star early in the class oh submit puts a foundation down correct. there yes. that you can't dispute, and, and that guy kid more often than not ends up being a pretty good football player. Right. But the guys that string it out are the ones that get a lot mm-hmm. of the headlines right. because what else you got to report on, right? Yeah, I know, and
0: it's <laughs> you know that's but I I just think that's it, it's not fair to put the pressure on a kid like that. Yeah. Uh, there's normally a reason as to why they chose to figure it out, and then there are others that you know people don't. You know whether it's the media yeah. or anybody. Expectations. Says, uh, you know those guys. Those guys. Who are these? Five Expectations. And then, and then yeah. you and then you win the Big Ten, and four or five of those guys were pretty good players. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that you won the Big Ten with, and yeah. you got a chance to move on. So I I can't name one specific guy. Just like. Just like I don't think there's one person that does
1: anything here. I think, yeah, you know, you know, my, my
0: I have a very small role in a very big yeah. situation. Yeah,
1: but yeah. there are so many guys now, Ed, that get into the profession, even the college coaching profession, mm-hmm. that never spent time at the high school level, right? And stuff. What did they miss? Do you think more than anything else? What 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 did they miss?
0: Well, uh, first of all, I think you you know lay a piece of paper down on on the table. And put all the positions and everything in there, and, and fill and fill it out for a practice schedule. Yeah. All right. You know, it's not drawing up the X's and everything. So you know, you I think when you, when you talk about ground up, I mean, when you're the HC, I mean, you're, you're you guys, you got to tell you this is what we're doing. Yeah. And then, you know, it's the offensive line, it's a running back, it's a quarterback, it's a receiver, it's a tight end. Boom. Okay, it's one play, it's one thing. Do practice schedule, periods, everything, and then you know I think that, and then the teaching part, you know. There's tremendous teaching that goes on, and a lot of our you know, the, the coaches you know they come up just a different background. They came up as a as a player, uh, an intern, uh, a GA, uh, position coach. You know, from a GA, to a position coach at, at a smaller school, and they, and they grow that way. Yeah, I think in in high school, you look at middle school kids, and you know, project. Well, and you have to you do you you do that but you're you know, you got guys on your staff that are single, no kids you know, not married, and they're like, oh, these terrible he's terrible no 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 just take time out. Perfect example, I gotta tell you, Kyle Takovitz. Most people know you know, Kyle Takovitz was a tight end in seventh grade and eighth grade, and he was a ninth string tight end as a as a freshman. And I y'all had that many tight ends. Oh yeah, wow. because, well, as a freshman, T- yeah, because you don't want T E U. We only had three linemen because every dad of the of the Lyman told their kid to go to tight ends yes, on exactly. the first day, right? Touch so, the ball, kids. So yeah. I got nine of you. So, anyways, long story short, I move. So I move. I said, Kyle, you're going to be an offensive player. All right. Yeah. Um. We won't even talk about the languages or yes. whatever with you. Know, yeah. But you're and Kyle ended up being. Uh, a two time captain of Cincinnati, played for the Bengals for two years. All right. Has got had his degree in three. Uh is with Worthington Industries now and in, in, in Columbus after traveling around the country, oh, yeah. you know, with them. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, just just couldn't couldn't be a better person. And the best part about it, he married an all American tennis player from Ohio State. So I'm like, Ty, you are now the second best athlete in your family. <laughs> you know, so yeah. But that's just a you know, that's what's that's cool. the difference about, you know, in, in eighth grade. Yeah. Kevin Schmidt stood up in seventh grade health class in this six-foot-one, 159-pound pole and says, I'm going to go to Duke and play football. Everybody in the room laughs. Guess what? He's a Duke graduate. He, you know, he left Tangent, He went down there, got a degree. He used to, went in as an outside back, linebacker and ended up playing center.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. But that's what's the cool part is to have, in one form or fashion, an impact on yeah. young guy, young yeah. now the young difference here, life, The right. difference here
0: is is you know we were, we couldn't recruit because we weren't a program school, so we couldn't go out and do that. Yeah, you know yeah. you know within your diocese and you know yeah. But uh, you had to you know, you play the cards you're dealt. Uh, you learn to be a really good. You had to develop skill. Yeah. And the difference here is you can't. We can't take. Ten guys in a class that are for your projects.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, no.
0: exactly. And that's that's being truthful. Yeah, you know, we want we want players, but the way the programs are in the country now, those kids are developed. You're a Texas guy, you know. You go to Texas, that kid's been in a in a program for four years. He's had nutrition. He's had lifting. He's had, now the problem is he better be good enough to play for you because you don't know how much better he's going to get.
1: Yeah, that's the point. You know? Yeah, that's so, what's interesting. I mean, know, and, and I mean if, when you're when you're looking at kids that are ge- freshmen and sophomores right. in high school. And you're staking sort of your future on oh they're gonna to continue to get better. Exactly. That's 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 tough, I would yeah. think. Right then yeah. that's that's the art of this, yes. right? Of what you guys do here. That's here. You have to, you know, you fill your and everybody says you fill you gotta fill your roster. Sometimes it's a
0: you know no. use use uh, running back for you know, if there's four really good running backs in the state, well guess what? We're not taking them. you know, why don't you like well we can't take we may be only we may only have one scholarship for a running back. Yes. Yeah, you know, so you you know you you got to play your exactly roll, the, roll dice. the dice and make you know, but you better know what you're doing and you better be an evaluator. And Tony Offer does a great job with that. Yeah, you know, that yeah. that running back spot's become a lot like the quarterback spot. You know? yeah, you crazy. Know, you, you take the number one guy. And, you know you you yeah. Know, how many how many quarterbacks you think you can get that are five stars to go to one school?
1: Yeah, I know. But see, I just think this is a. This is an interesting time in Ohio State history. You can look at the quarterback room a year ago, you look at it now. Yeah. We're not going to get into all that cause yeah, because we promised not to do that, but it is amazing how this program is now attracting quarterbacks, big time quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. Where's the start? Yeah, exactly. Where, I mean, where's it start? the proof is in the pudding yeah. uh, Ryan yeah. Day, etc. Yeah. And uh and, it's know, amazing it's how so. it's just, you know, I watched it right before my eyes because I was here, it, I was living up here when yeah. Woody was still the head coach. Yeah and three hours of cloud of dust, and the, the talent that he did not exploit offensively. Well, you know, it's it's crazy now to see Ohio State lead the nation in total offense, and I thought was sort of average as a running team last year, mm-hmm. but still yeah. led the nation in right. total offense. This is some of the most well, exciting to,
0: football you'll ever see. You have to also remember it would be terrible for this not to, you know, when we talk about the, the program, the recruiting thing, would not to be include coach mick oh yeah oh you know, yeah you know, because you know if you'd have been out there i mean our guys today i'm out there you know right before you get we were finishing up our workout and everything but you know with what coach mick does with our strength and conditioning program and the and the people he brings in i mean i brought up brought up brady collins for example you know brady brady was also an assistant here yeah. so when luke left i guess he went yeah yeah you know but that you know his his trees like this you know with with uh,
1: people oh, yeah. that are strength coaches. I mean I, I was over at uh, at Boston College when I was a volunteer assistant at the at the US Open this year. Uh-huh. I'm parking on one of their practice fields. This my parking pants right. was at Boston College and Phil uh, Phil Mateus yeah, yeah. Phil yeah. Mateus is there and uh, and He's other coach, a couple yeah. other guys that were here. Mickey's nephew is a strength coach at Toledo. Exactly. You know, I mean so. the the tree the branches and the roots are crazy here, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and and it, and it's it, it is it
0: difficult? Yeah, it is difficult. I mean, I'm not. You know, this is not a place. No. To come, the worst thing you could be would be a really talented lazy person. Yeah. Because you, would, you, know, it would not. It, you would not like it here. And uh, and I think that goes with all the people that work here too.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I just hope I bring enough to the place. Yeah, I'm just you glad know. I got to talk to you about it. Just because I just wanted to get a little more in, the insight with you, yeah. and I appreciate you talking with me because you're a guy that was a well-respected. High school football coach who's well, had so. a chance you to know. get in on the inside here yeah. and and just watch you know watch watch how things watch how the stew is cooked you yeah. know what I mean because it's an ever boiling pot right you know one of the most difficult things for me Tim is
0: I have a, obviously I have a lot of friends in the coaching profession and I said and the guys are like well what, what's your job I'm like you know it's 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 really difficult. To define. To, to, yeah, yeah, it's like, I, you
1: know, because the, we haven't even gotten into anything your after. Job, you know. I think your job is best defined by three words, whatever it takes. Awesome. At that given moment, right, okay. that given day. Game day, you're running yeah. around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, you know what?
0: And I'm okay with being the last one out of here to make sure everybody is where they need to be and our recruits and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hope I, – I mean, I, walking – from the Blackwell into the, you know, the Skull session and everything. That's great. And the young guys need to, to do that and absorb it. Yeah, and, and be involved with it. But you know what? I want to make sure everybody gets to the recruit room and, and gets to, to what. Needs to be, you know, what's what? Yeah, what's you want to see important. smiles
1: on faces. Uh, yeah. Basically, at the end of the day, one way or the other, right? Yeah, and that's just the way it, you know. So. Ed Terwilliger, I don't well, know, thanks man. for joining me on the Tim May Podcast, my man. It's always
0: always been a pleasure, you know. It's you know, it's just different now. We used to you used to have to pick a paper up and read it, and you know. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, now these no one, no one will probably. I don't know how you
1: listen to this thing. I yeah. Know. Well, it's just uh, you know. I mean, we're still <laughs> recording here, as you well know, but uh, but yeah, the other point is, it's like a a podcast and. And then, in your Lettermanrow. Yeah. I'm semi retired, but now they've pulled me back in to do a little bit more this year and stuff. And so, uh, should I bring up I'm the sorry. fact
0: that you were doing your Lettermanrow stuff? You know, you know, twenty five minutes into the, t- yeah. you know, yeah. So we'll say that. Hey, hey that's, that's hey, why we cut this short, short folks. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so hey. the guy the guy who told you he was going to keep you for five minutes. Uh, yes, I, that's I'm like good. you, man. I got demands on my time. Yeah, that's Andrew Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks to Professor Darren White of Sanford University, and, of course, to Ed Terwilliger, a man I see almost every other day during uh, football season because he's around the Woody Hayes Athletic Center facility um, helping do whatever he can to help make the Buckeyes a better team tomorrow than they were today. You know, and uh, really enjoyed my conversation with him especially. But uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim May for the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then.
2: 18 plus.